What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the And That's the Tea podcast. Thank you for joining my podcast today. This episode is actually going to be a continuation of my competition prep series. Um, I want to do a prep series three parts. So the first one you can listen to right now. Um, It is on competition expenses and my tips on how to save money and things you should expect when you want to compete in just one show. Yes, they are that expensive. So if you haven't given that a listen yet, um, feel free to find that episode. It's jam-packed full of information and this one will be as well. Um, This one is going to be a little bit more personal and with that comes a lot of honesty and a lot of like we all know, the tea. Um, a lot of people think that when I quote unquote spill the tea, I am spilling it on other people and just bashing things that other people do. And that really couldn't be further from the truth. A lot of the times the things that I talk about that we like to call and refer to as the tea are things that I have experienced in my in my life and mistakes that I've made as well. So before we dive into this episode, I do want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, I would do this at the end, but then you wouldn't stay tuned to listen to it after the episode was over. So I'm going to do it now and force you to listen. My Instagram is at Audrey K. Ross, and I assume most of you have found your way from there as I do the majority of my marketing for this podcast on that platform. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Ross underscore Audrey. I'm a little bit more unfiltered on there, actually. And I do have affiliate codes for Pancakes Pancakes, Built Bar, and TLF Apparel. You can find those in the link in my bio on my Instagram. So yeah, let's get started. Okay, so today we're going to talk about my ragrats. So picture the meme with the guy that's tattooed with the regrets tattoo on his chest. That's literally me right now. Um, Regrets, not regrets, right? (laughs) Also, pardon my roided out voice, I guess. Somebody wanted to make a comment the other day about how I don't take care of my body and I'm starting to get really masculine and blah, 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 like I didn't already know the side effects of anabolics. Anyways, I guess she just missed her Girl Scout meeting for the week, so um, hats off to her, Amanda Riffle, whatever the fuck your last name is, if you're listening, go get laid, or go to your Girl Scout meeting or something. Uh, I feel feel for you, sis. Anyways, back to what I was saying, regrets. I want to start off I kind of want to taper this into the biggest regrets because I think they led to a lot of smaller regrets, okay? So it's kind of like a pyramid. And at the bottom is going to be me just starting out in my competition career and my first, I guess, initial choices I made. 
just starting out in my very first prep in 2016. Oh, yeah, 2016. I hope that's right. So let's travel back in time to that period of my life. So I was, I was at a Christian university, um, Oklahoma Christian University. And what prompted me to start a prep was that I just needed something more than what my life was. My life was pretty lonely actually during this time. And I had actually started to struggle with my first eating disorder. And I did touch on that in other podcast episodes before this one. So you can hear more about that in those episodes as well. I don't really want to go into it here because that's not the purpose of this episode. But anyways, um, I was, I was prompted to start a competition prep because I had wanted some kind of change in my life and it, it, it was a physical change, but it also transformed into a mental change. I think that change came from a place of dislike. I didn't really like my body. And so I wanted to change it physically, but it changed my entire life, both physically and emotionally. Um, so yeah, it's funny kind of how that works, how you, you just make the decision to start working out and eating healthy and all of a sudden things just kind of, your priorities shift, your views on things shift. And um, that's what happened to me. It kind of just took me over and I did my first show and I was all in after that. And that's nothing I really ever planned for my life or even thought about. So it's just, I'm just, I'm just being nostalgic and just anyways. So I would say the first regret I have, and I hope you guys don't make the same mistakes that I did. That's why I'm sharing this with you was not investing in a good coach. I sought out my first bodybuilding coach. It was a girl and my first two coaches just weren't good. Like my, I, I really just shot myself in the foot there. And I ended up spending a lot more money in the long run. But I thought I was saving money because these quote unquote coaches were inexpensive. And it was something very feasible for me as a college student with like no job and um, not much money in savings and stuff like that especially just out of high school. I mean, my parents, I had never asked my parents for a dime for competing, and I still don't to this day. I mean, sometimes they'll, you know, be like, here's a hundred bucks or something for an entry fee. And I don't ask for that. That's just them doing something nice for me. But they, they don't, they're not huge supporters of the sport, so to speak. But anyways, so I didn't, I didn't invest in a good coach. And usually you get what you pay for in this industry, guys. Um, with the exception of just really shitty people who jack up their prices for no reason, just because they can. Um, you'll have those out there and they're just horrible people and they, they are charging way more than they need to for their education. But then you don't also, you also don't want to go with the most cheapest because that just shows you how much they think of their um, services and what they have to offer and I think I think it's just if you're if you're just going for the cheapest it's like it's kind of like buying a car 
in the long run, you're going to have a lot of expenses, more expenses to pay for because you settled for something that wasn't very well built or like a, I don't know, you bought like a freaking Prius over like an, a Suburban. I don't know. I don't really know cars, but you know what I mean? Like you just bought a little, wim- I'm sorry if you have a Prius, you just bought like a little wimp car over something that's going to, going to last you a long time. So there's a lot of things to look out for when shopping for a coach, but definitely make sure that your beliefs and your opinions and your, 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 your views on things in health and fitness align with them. For example, I'll use my current coach, Justin Mahaley as, as an example here. So Justin doesn't push meal plans on his clients because they're just restrictive and it, it, they work for some people, but the majority of people don't adhere to meal plans, guys. That's just how it is. Um, I believe in a macro-based approach to dieting and not a what kind of shit can I fit in my mouth type of thing, but more of like if I want a sweet potato instead of like rice or if I want like chicken noodle soup for dinner instead of like steak and asparagus just something similar just something similar that you can swap out is kind of what I'm talking about and not all the time but just just stuff that if you're having a craving for for a different type of carb or a different texture that's what I believe in and that's what Justin preaches as well so I align myself with that and that's just an example of what you should the 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 kind of mindset you should have when you're shopping for a coach. Another good example is going to be um, peak week. And I know a lot of people when they're shopping for a coach don't know this, but I personally wouldn't go for a coach that believes in cutting all water and sodium and loading up on carbs during a peak week because guess what? Water is the transportation catalyst for carbohydrates into the muscle bellies. Um, and so just just things like that, just the, make sure you have similar beliefs, okay? Or else you're just going to clash and you're just going to be questioning your coach all the time. And that's not really something that you want to do when you're trying to get ready for a show because it's just added stress. So the things that happened to me when I picked the cheaper coach, I just, I didn't reach my full potential. I didn't get the communication that I deserved. I didn't receive a reverse diet post-show. I was kind of left to my own devices. Um, It was kind of just a blanket plan and like you just, you get what you pay for. Um, And you, you really do end up having to fix a lot of shit and spending a lot of money in the long run on things that you shouldn't have to worry about. Like it shouldn't be an issue, but it is because you chose to go the easy route. Instead of choosing a cheap coach, I really wish I would have just waited, to be honest, waited or either worked my ass off to pay for a better coach at that time. Um, That's just the honest truth. I just wish that I would have researched more or reached out to more people instead of just Googling bodybuilding coaches and looking at prices and just picking one. Uh, so I, I definitely recommend that you guys research for yourselves and take that initiative to ask questions and to make sure that you're 
you and your coach are going to have a good relationship and you're on the same page about a lot of things, that doesn't mean you can't change your mind about things with when presented with some evidence and some good resources and research. But on the on the whole, those those landmark things like like IIFYM or macro based dieting versus restrictive meal plans, just stuff like that. Another regret I have would probably be the fact that I did a natural show just starting out. I was, to be honest, I was straight up intimidated by an NPC stage because let's be honest, natural natural shows, natural federations will never, ever, ever be on the same caliber in the same respect and the same recognition as the NPC stage, guys. That's not my opinion. That's a fact. You, a, a, an OCB or whatever, NAMPF, I don't know the federations. The Natural Federation Pro Card is not going to be the same as an NPC Pro Card. Most people who have their Natural Pro Cards would get creamed at a regional NPC show. And no, that doesn't apply to everyone, but most. And that's okay. If you are, if I'm doing a natural show, it's fine. But just understand, and you can't compare a natural federation to the MPC. Um, and that's not because someone is working or someone is taking drugs and it's easier for them. That's not. It's not because of that at all. It's just because the amount of people that show up, the amount of crazy genetics combined with hard work, combined with drugs, the amount of the amount of um, prestige that shows up on the NPC stage is just far greater than the bodies that are going to show up on the natural stage. And I just wish I would have invested in an NPC show because I feel like I would have gotten better respect from the, I guess, the federation that I was competing in because the natural federation I was in was very political and very small and just everyone knew everyone and I, I didn't know that going in. I was very naive and so I just wish I would have spent my money elsewhere on something that was going to give me more feedback and more experience. Um, and I also did compete in bikini for my first nat- uh, nat- natural show, I guess. Uh, my first show, point blank, I was a bikini girl. And that was fine. I mean, that's kind of how it starts out because most girls don't really have that size starting out for figure or women's physique. Um, It's kind of a trial and error thing and seeing where your personality fits and uh, playing to your strengths. After after that first show's out of the way, you can kind of check and adjust um, accordingly with what went on and what your feedback was. For example, my feedback was having very dominant legs combined with a shape that was more fitting for a figure physique. And so I used that genetic background because I wasn't on drugs for a few years into my competing career. I used that background and I applied it to the figure category to grow into that division because I'd rather grow into something than shrink down into something. You can go either way. It's definitely a personal preference, but just having a genetic build for figure was um, very advantageous for me. Uh, 
So I, I don't regret competing in bikini, but I do regret competing in a natural federation. Um, it's really just as expensive as well because in a natural federation, you're going to have to pay for a polygraph and you're also going to have to pay for a drug test. So keep that in mind as well if, if that's what you're um, on the fence about is expenses. Um, you still have a spray tan in both and usually in the natural federation, you're going to have a lot of stupid expenses that just don't really, you shouldn't have to pay for. Um, let's see. See, I wrote these down because I didn't want to forget them because I think they're all pretty important. So we started at the coach and then we went to the show that we picked. Now I kind of want to go to another one that's kind of more emotionally based and it's it's definitely something that I wish I would have taken a step back on and someone would have called me out on but that didn't happen and it just kind of I just kind of let it run rampant was the fact that I took out a lot of my emotions that I felt through dieting such as fatigue and exhaustion and hunger and just being really short-tempered because of that on important aspects of my life that I couldn't afford to lose, like relationships and jobs. Um, guys, if, if, you're, if you're letting your competition prep ruin your job and the effort that you put into your job and your relationships, I promise you it is not worth it. If you can't control those two things in your life, while you're prepping, you really don't need to be prepping. Because what's going to happen is you're going to diet down. And yeah, you may be really freaking shredded and you may be really freaking aesthetically pleasing. And you may even win your show and take home a $12 fucking plastic trophy and have some fire IG content, but you're not going to be able to pay your bills because you lost your job and no one's going to be there for you because you pushed everyone away because all you cared about was your show and being in that position and realizing how empty you feel after a show is probably one of the worst feelings in the world so and I didn't do that with my most recent shows I mean I had I had a few issues with relationships but that was kind of because of other factors not because of my prep um I did that with my first couple of shows and I yeah I got fired from a job because I was fucking exhausted going into work and my boss just didn't trust me to get the job done and she was like I gotta let you go because you're just you're sick all the time or you call in all the time like it's it's not worth that guys like that's gonna cause more stress on you if you lose your job and you won't be able to do your show anyways because you can't afford it so I just I just recommend that you really recognize where you're at and check and adjust as you go. Like if you need to take a break from dieting because you can't even go to work, then it's it's definitely time to do that. It's definitely time to call yourself out and return to it later when you can focus more on it. Another key thing that I kind of wish I would have taken a step back with, um, I definitely would say was when I started to isolate myself from people. It's really, really easy in prep to keep your head down and, 
you know, grind it out and have that attitude of like, I'm just hustling, like embrace the grind, hard work, be talent with talent, you know, whatever. It's it's really easy to get into that, but you can get so far into that that you can't see out of it until your show is over and then you're left with no one. And this kind of goes back to the point I just touched on is that like when you isolate yourself, you're just you're making it easy for yourself and you're which is fine to like find ways to make prep I don't know if easier is the right word, but find ways to make it work for your, for your life. But it's like when you start to push people away that genuinely care about you and genuinely want to be around you, regardless of whether you're in prep or not, that's when it gets pretty toxic. And I, I, I definitely think I'm the kind of person that doesn't need a lot of people to an extent. I think we all vary in our need for affiliation and our need for social interaction. I don't need much, but I do need some. And I definitely start to get in my head when I can tell it's been a long time since I've, you know, spent the night with a friend or went out and got drinks with somebody or whatever it is. Like I do that anyways, not really, but people People make life easier. People make life worth living. And if you're just going to push people away, then like, what's the what's the point of winning a bodybuilding show? Like, I know it's for yourself, but like, what else is there past yourself? You know, it's fun to celebrate with other people and like to share in that. And I just don't, I just don't recommend you pushing people away because it's easier to say no to a lot of things than it is to say yes. I get that entirely. I understand how awkward it feels to go out and not be able to drink or eat what other people are eating, but you have to learn to make those events about the people instead of what you can put in your mouth. That's what she said. Moving on. (laughs) A few of the little nitpicky things I regret from prep itself that really actually do make a difference as far as your stage look and how you show up and how your body responds, a huge one is going to be centered around movement and cardio. Um, and these kind of go hand in hand, but the lower your calories get, the lower your energy expenditure is just naturally going to be, um, both physiologically and the fact that you just, it's easier to just lay on the couch than it is to go outside for a walk. And so, and even in my most recent prep I did, I really want to expand on this more and I want to focus on getting my steps in every day and making sure that, you know, I'm moving around after meals because it helps my digestion and it also just helps my overall mood. When I go for walks, I feel a lot better after them because it helps me kind of realign with the day-to-day stuff that I go through, especially with the fact that I work from home now, it's a lot easier to just get wrapped up in what I'm doing on my computer. But I find that when I go on walks, I'm better able to compartmentalize and think about things and take a step back. Um, and I just think that if you're if you're just constantly lowering your calories and then constantly lowering your lowering your energy expenditure, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot, and you're not really optimizing the most of what you can be doing. Um, Neat is one of those things that you have 
to your advantage, you can manipulate it in a way that makes fat loss a lot easier. Um, there's a lot of research done on the fact that with increased need, people are able to eat more. And with decreased need, you're also expending less calories, therefore making fat loss efforts harder. So I encourage you guys and myself to really focus on movement. And in general, movement is good for you. As humans, we're designed to move. We're not designed to be immobile for long periods of time. I mean, you start to get uncomfortable if you're sitting in a car for a long period of time. It just makes sense. So make the most of your energy expenditure and the fact that you can maximize fat loss when you start focusing on movement and just overall you'll just burn more and it's it's that's just kind of science right there that you can't really argue with that and so along with that cardio a lot of the times during my cardio sessions just starting out in my competition career I would hold on to the handlebars and lean on the rails of the stairmaster or you know just you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot at that point. If you're at the gym, putting in the time to do your cardio and taking that time out of your day, why not make the most of it and get the most benefit out of it for yourself? You're making it easier for yourself um, in the long run. You are going to burn more calories. I do know that if you are leaning on the rails of the stairmaster or holding on to the rails of the treadmill you are redistributing your weight in a way that makes it easier on your body. And things that are easier on your body are going to burn less calories. And so to make the most of that cardio session, that 40 minutes, that 20 minutes that you're in there, the hour that you're in there, because I know sometimes we all have to get to that point in a competition prep, why not maximize that and get the most bang for your bucks so the moment you step on stage, you can know that you did everything in your power that was in your control to give it your best shot. Because the worst feeling ever is knowing that there were some things you could have done better and you didn't do it because you were tired or it hurt. Um, it's almost 2020. That excuse is kind of invalid. Um, if you're in a competition prep, things are going to get pretty uncomfortable and you kind of have to learn to love that feeling. So, and then the last thing I kind of think that's really important and something that really is a game changer for me is probably going to be the topic of packaged foods. And I used to be that girl that would love to find the best macro friendly items possible. Like what can I fit in my macros today that like gives me the lowest calories, but it tastes the best. And it it would usually involve some kind of fake artificial sweetener, such as quote unquote, the things that we all know, like Walden Farms. Um, I was doing a little bit of reading and I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but condiments such as Walden Farms or hot sauce or just anything that claims to be zero calories is completely false. There is no such thing as a zero calorie condiment, food, beverage, whatever. Everything has calories. Some some calories are more significant than others, obviously. So the FDA allows companies to round down if it's under 
one, I think it's five, under five calories, you can round down to zero. And for somebody who is just casual lifestyle and they're just using their mustard or ketchup, just kind of average, whatever, I'll have like a side of ketchup with my fries, you know, yeah, that makes sense. But for someone who's in a competition prep that is fucking dousing their tilapia in Walden or their egg whites in Walden Farms pancake syrup, that's going to do a lot more damage than you think. That is not zero calorie and that is going to add up pretty quickly. And this actually doesn't even apply to only carbs. This also applies to fats as well. And you're pretty ignorant if you think that mustard is a calorie-free condiment. When you're in a contest prep, you must track everything that goes into your mouth, including the D, okay? And I <laughs> I stand by that 100%. And even in my most recent prep, I was a Walden Farms junkie. I was a condiment junkie. Like, I... I'm calling myself out now and I'm going to challenge myself to eat bland food. Like it honestly will take the focus away from food as well. If your food is more bland, you won't really look forward to it as much as you would. Um, If it was covered in a bunch of sweet shit that you just don't need and it's just going to impact your digestion. So those are kind of my top rag rats. And I'm sure I'll probably have more later, but as of right now, those are the ones that stand out because I think they have the biggest impact on your success in this sport. Um, But guys, I want you to know that if I, I truly think that if I hadn't have gone through the majority of those things, that I probably wouldn't be where I am today. I know that there's a lot of people who are able to go into a competition prep for the first time and absolutely fucking crush it. Um, That's a very realistic thing. But for the majority of us, we fail a lot and we have a lot of things that we wish we would have done differently. But at the same time, I think that those things are beautiful because they have allowed me to learn a lot on my own and do things better the next time and just continually grow And at the end of the day, that's kind of what bodybuilding is all about. It's just a constant improvement. You're never going to be at a state of perfection. Um, It's kind of just, it's, that's just the nature of the beast. Like it's, it's for people who chase perfection, but never achieve it. It's like a never ending goal. And for someone who's very goal oriented, that's just what, what works best for me. And so you just have to have a love for it, but you have to understand that you're going to make mistakes. Like in this next prep I have, I will probably make mistakes. Um, and I may not realize it, but I will. And sometimes it takes stepping back from things and taking that time off to come back a lot better the next time. And as long as you improve, then I think you're doing pretty good for yourself. So if you listen to this episode, I really, really appreciate you. If you want to leave feedback, you can do so by just commenting or sharing this post on your Instagram story and tagging me in it. I really, really appreciate it. And I do want to see about featuring some people on this podcast. So let me know who you'd like to see on the podcast Um, and we will spill some tea.